Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, anyone from professional custodians all the way up to presidential candidates of other countries. One day, my big bodacious dream is to be able to interview our top-level leadership of the country that I was born in, the United States of America, whether current leadership or former that are still alive, because I believe that they have a lot of wisdom and insight and perspective to help empower you to live a life that you're truly happy about by dreaming big and moving towards your own happiness, taking little action steps every day. doesn't matter what job you have, what career path you have, what personality you have. We all have gifts that we can give. And when we lean into our strengths and we have progress every single day, even if it's a small amount, two minutes of progress, 10 minutes, two hours, whatever it is for you, that's when you're gonna feel more alive and more joyful. Sometimes I speak on the show by myself, spirit-led conversations that I believe the the creator of the universe desires for me to talk about. For those of of you listening to the show, and I do apologize, I just had breakfast, so I'm a little burpy, and I'm drinking my coffee. This is real life. This is impromptu, Um, and sometimes I share music that I create that goes along with uh, one of the topics of conversation. So today I'm going to talk about the power of forgiveness. This is not pre-planned. This is simply me just having my breakfast and the creator nudged on my heart. Erin, you need to talk on this topic. Okay. All right. I will. I will obey. So pardon me while I sip. So the power of forgiveness truly brings healing to us. If someone has wronged us, and we choose to forgive them, true, I mean truly forgive them, where we desire for them to have goodness in their life and to move forward in life. That is freeing. If you are angry at someone, if someone has wronged you and you're still thinking about it, you're still frustrated at them, you're, you're, you're having a hard time sleeping at night, that is bondage that you are in yourself. And likely, very likely, that person has moved on. They haven't been thinking about it. They haven't been losing sleep over it. So you might as well learn to forgive. And maybe nobody taught you in your life the power of forgiveness. Um, I am grateful that my parents did go over this. Um, We learned a lot about it um, in my church growing up. Whatever your faith system is, perhaps they have talked to you about it in your faith system, but if not, um, take some lessons today, take whatever you like, leave whatever you don't, and hopefully you take some action to make your community a more loving and joyful place. Because if you're happier, people around you are gonna be happier. People are gonna work harder at their jobs. Kids are gonna call out sick less often and get to school better, have better grades, which positively impacts the values of the home and the communities as they test better uh, for state standards and whatnot. It just it impacts everyone, the power of forgiveness. So I'm going to go back in time to my first 
lesson that I can recall off the top of my mind of forgiveness. My dad had a conversation with us where I have two older siblings, brothers, and we had a lot of argumenting, or arguing, I should say, going on in the household, um, as families probably have. I don't know what's normal. It was normal for us. And uh, dad was gone a lot until I was 11 because he was a regional sales manager. So he was out during the week and then he was he was there on the weekends. And um, he he didn't speak a lot to us growing up, but what he did say was important. So we're having this argument I don't remember what the argument was about, but it obviously was important enough for me to remember that I was frustrated. I was extremely frustrated at my brothers, and I always called them the brothers. (laughs) And Dad said, you have a decision to make. Uh, In this family, we choose to forgive. You shake hands, you hug it out, and you both get to decide. I think we were maybe like, I was probably 10, 9 or 10 and 11 and like 16, 17, somewhere around there for the three of us. And they said, uh, dad said to us, um, you guys are going to choose each other's punishments because there's consequences to doing things that are wrong and you've negatively impacted the family. So, um, you each get a punishment. You each get to choose the punishment for each other. Well, wait a minute, I, I thought we were forgiving each other. I thought we were moving on and letting go. And what's, what's this about punishment? Well, what he was trying to teach us was that, yes, you can forgive, but there's still justice. There's still consequences. And that's a life lesson in you know real life. If you do something wrong and you break a law, can't just say, oh, oops, I'm sorry, and move on. Like You might have to spend some time in jail depending on the severity of the law you break or maybe you pay a speeding ticket or you know things of that nature so he wanted us to each pick the punishments for each other because um if the first time if we all picked really bad punishments for our siblings right like oh he has to clean the dishes for a year whatever it is right then the next then he would get to pick a punishment for me (laughs) So we quickly learned about grace and of course we didn't want to have terrible punishments ourselves, consequences for our actions, so we learned to give grace to the person that had wronged us because we got to decide what their punishment was going to be. So that is a part of forgiveness, grace as well as justice and mercy, forgiveness. It's all, they're all interconnected. I remember uh, we did spend a lot of time in the church. We didn't have a lot of family conversations, but we got a lot of lessons, spiritual lessons in the church. Um, I was homeschooled. I know I'm one of those weird kids. I was homeschooled till 11 years old. That was my first year in public school. So um, pre-K through fifth grade. Um, did a lot of lessons at home. At that time, they didn't have as many laws that provided financial curricular um, things um, through the school districts. They have since changed some laws in the United States, or at least in Washington State, where I grew up in. 
uh, mom had to pay for our curriculum. So she would buy our books and um, we had a test, I believe, every year we had to take. I remember going to, I wasn't, I didn't grow up Catholic, but we had to go to this Catholic school and take this test, go down in this basement and take the standardized test to make sure that mom was teaching us the standard as as best she could um, compared to the the school teachers in the district where I grew up in and uh, mom was highly educated I went to a private school for a few years in her upbringing and just a really smart woman got her teaching degree music degrees extremely creative and she saw the the standards the grades the um, home values in the neighborhood that we could afford to live in and she was not satisfied with the educational opportunity for her children so she and my father decided that they were going to um, have mom be the stay-at-home person and she would educate us to the age level that she felt confidently she could teach she didn't feel confident after, um, like, towards middle school age and high school, so she, um, they transitioned us into the public school at that time. But they believed that we would learn better in our home, um, have a stronger emotional and spiritual upbringing and whatnot, all those kinds of things. So uh, I remember lessons of forgiveness in Sunday school. Um, we went to, I want to say, like a Wednesday night Awana in elementary, so every week we had lessons where we were learning about the, the Bible verses. Um, we learned about um, they did some like camping survival stuff in the Iwana program, like um, you know building your one of our assignments was not just like to memorize a Bible verse, but it was to uh, build a first aid kit and what does a first aid kit entail and all those kinds of things. And Awana stands for Approved Workmen Are Not Ashamed. It was a, a military foundational spiritual group. I don't know where it first got started, but they're all over the United States and probably international too. It's a pretty cool program. Um, it got to a point where I was like getting to sixth grade and I was like, this is kind of dorky. But um, I'm really glad that my parents put us in that program. So we did school for half days. Um, my middle brother and I were in the school together. Our oldest brother is a little bit older, so he was in the public school from the time that I can recall, um, and then went into the military for a little bit. And um, there's lots of lessons in Sunday school or in the Iwana program that spoke about forgiveness. A lot of instructors, I remember the Macbeths were one of our instructors, and they talked about forgiveness from the creator uh, that he washes away your sins he washes away your mistakes as far as the east is from the west and trying to conceptualize that it was very hard to understand what does that mean as far as the east is from the west because if you go in a circle around the globe they will eventually touch but I just I never really fully deeply understood it but I knew the main concept was that Forgiveness was possible for mistakes, no matter what mistake you make, which gave me hope. And it also gave me a sense of, um, I want to say mercy or grace towards those that had wronged me, especially my oldest sibling, who was my abuser for two years. It, it helped to shape me, I would say, into a kind human being. 
that treats others the way that I desire to be treated. And the power of forgiveness really is strong when you actively use it. It doesn't mean that you're going to just like automatically be perfect at it once you learn it. No, it's a, it's a daily practice. And it might take you a while to forgive people like the woman in 2020 that showed me her PhD in ministry and conned me into um, getting a role in my company and asked to volunteer to write a song with me for the International Day of Happiness and when my businesses got hacked into, when my home was broken into and a, a hit was put on my life and I found out while I was off the grid that she was trying to take 100% ownership of a song that she had volunteered to help me write. Um, it, it has not been easy to forgive her. But the Creator tells me to do so, so I listen, I obey, and I work on it. So I wrote a song to let out my frustrations instead of uh, taking her to court and suing her. still have that option, and I still pray about it. Uh, but I believe that the Creator desires for me to be an example of love and light because she may have an intellectual level of understanding of religion, but she does not truly understand the power of love and forgiveness. And who am I to give her back that anger, to give her back that theft, all of the energy of the hit that she had paid to take me out of this world? It wouldn't make any sense for me to give it back to her if I am truly a follower of Christ because he allowed his persecutors to put him on the cross now I'm not wishing death on me I do believe I have many years left to live but none of us are guaranteed tomorrow and if I am to be an example of love and light on this show in, in real life, I try my best to exemplify who I am on this show no differently than if you were to meet me in person because that's I used this show to grow my brand because it was a spirit-led brand. The creator of the universe told me, Aaron, you will be sharing this. You will be sharing this. You will be helping people to find happiness from within and you will help to end global suicide and end depression in the world I had no idea how I was going to do that because I cannot do it within myself but the creator of the universe has allowed me to have opportunities obstacles extreme challenging circumstances to continually demonstrate that I have been the one that has been called and you have been called to something great as well And my mission on this show is to help you find whatever that is for you and to do it daily because that will bring you joy. So a few years into transitioning into public school, I'm in junior high. And the popular thing at the time, let's say this is 7th, 8th grade, is AOL Instant Messenger. I know, I'm dating myself. 
Um, we had a dial-up computer. And if you don't know what a dial-up means, that means that it connected into your phone line. So you could not receive phone calls at the house. <laughs> you had to decide if you were going to go on the Internet uh, and dial-up. And it took probably maybe five to ten minutes for it to dial-up to get connected onto the Internet and then log on to your AOL Instant Messenger account. And that's how we communicated with each other as, as teeny boppers, right? Teenagers. I loved being in public school. I'm getting emotional. Ah, such a girl. For me, it doesn't take much for me to be happy. Because I I choose to be grateful for the little things in life. And, uh... When you've experienced real trauma. I'm not talking about someone took your sandwich out of the fridge and ate it. I'm talking about real trauma. Two years of chronic sexual, physical, emotional abuse. Ongoing. Random. From three years old to five years old. Never knew what would set off my oldest sibling. Always kept quiet, learned to go to my room and hide myself because I didn't want to be abused. Learned to protect other women that were his age when he started dating, warning them because I didn't want anyone else to experience what I experienced. I knew I knew what was going on was wrong. But growing up in the church, learning about forgiveness and not having a family that had conversations because dad when after 11 years old, he came home and worked um and came home every day, but he had to be in bed by 7. We had to be quiet. We had a quiet household. All all the um challenging circumstances of not having a healthy, open, communicative family made it extremely challenging just to be alive. I didn't have a lot of big dreams I never imagined myself on that wedding day like a lot of girls have. I learned to just enjoy every day if I wasn't being abused. And I fell in love with singing. We were a family of musicians. Mom was a singer. All three of us 
children were singers. Dad actually could sing pretty well, but not to mom's standards. <laughs> and he had an amazing whistling skill. When it got time for junior high, my eldest brother was in the military, so he was out of the house. And I remember getting into eighth grade, and I had straight A's. My grades got better because my abuser was gone. I played the flute, and I had private lessons. I was not confident and not interested in getting a solo. But there was a solo opportunity, and we had to audition. And the first chair was competing against the second chair. And the second chair, I was, I think I was third or fourth chair at the time. And that just meant, like, um, your skill level in the band. And basically, I was self-taught. Uh, my neighbor down the street taught me some stuff um, when I was 10. But basically, I was self-taught. And... The second chairperson said, I don't want first chair to win. I, I, will you compete compete with me to help me get her out of first chair? I was like, okay. So I auditioned. Wasn't even thinking I was going to get it. Didn't care if I got it or not. And I remember the, uh, I remember the audition. We had to play the solo that we would do, and then we had to do like a... A scale. We had to do it in front of the whole band. And I'm actually, I have my flute here still from junior high. I almost sold it one desperate year when I was needing money. But mom was like, you're going to regret it. Don't do it. sounded a lot better than that obviously because I got the solo um didn't warm up just now that was just an impromptu thing <laughs> I love the randomness because I'm so organized and I'm so orchestrated with so many things but the creator is like no um, you're not gonna be organized with this stuff because this is this is spirit-led this is impromptu and uh, so I ended up getting the solo and had a really confident year. I was um, getting into reading. My um, my dear friend, who we actually had known since we were in diapers together at uh, South Dakota Baptist Church, she, had, she and her family had moved away for a few years because her dad was in the Air Force, and they went to Germany and Colorado, and then they came back to Washington State. And so we spent junior high and high school together. And... and uh, she was a reader, and she would tell me the coolest stories of the Christian novels she was reading, and there was, like, Christian romance, you know, innocent stuff, and um, she had, like, the most vivid dreams and things, and she got me interested in reading, so I started reading and was doing really well in school, felt um, spiritually protected. We were in the same youth group and whatnot, going to the same church, and it was fun. It was great. And then around that time, I want to say it was either eighth or, or either end of eighth grade or beginning of ninth grade, there was this terrible incident that happened um, 
that impacted the whole United States. And I imagine if you're in other countries, if you were alive around that time, you probably remember it. Um, so you might want to shield children's ears if you're listening to this in front of kiddos. <clears throat> so go ahead and pause the show and get them to school or put them to bed wherever, wherever you're at. Or listen to this later when you're not around them and decide if you want to share it with them after the fact. And the incident of Columbine happened. And Columbine, for those of you that don't know what it is or don't remember, it was a small area in Colorado, I believe. It was a high school. It was two boys that wore these long trench coats that brought these weapons of mass destruction. I don't remember what kinds of weapons. I just remember that they killed like 13 or 14 people, including themselves. And there was a whole lot of conversation about video game violence after that and personal safety. We started doing lockdown drills in the school. And... Um, we had just started having a youth pastor, Paris Mullen, had come in um, a few months later. And this completely impacted our town because all the parents and teachers and spiritual leaders wanted to make sure that that didn't happen in their neighborhood. And the university down the road um, connected with all of us schools and provided an opportunity for... Um, uh, what actually one of the parents of the students that was murdered he was giving a, a tour around the United States speaking and encouraging us to forgive And that was like 22 years ago. I remember exactly where I was sitting in Olsen Auditorium when he spoke to us. He had talked about how his daughter had had this premonition about what was going to happen. He believed. She was an artist. She was full of joy. She loved the Lord. She drew this rose with teardrops coming out of it. And the teardrops were the number of people that had died. And she had drawn it, I want to say, pretty close to the time that her life was taken. And she had always said hi to this person, to these, these guys, and encouraged them, tried to be a friend to them, um, invited them to church. And they had gotten angry enough at the world, angry enough at the school system, 
for whatever reason, they decided, I believe they definitely were demonically attacked. Um, the video games might have made an impact, but spiritual warfare is so much greater than a video game would have power itself individually. That completely riveted our entire nation. There was a, an acapella group that was the number one acapella group in the whole nation that got to sing for the United States or the president at that time. And they actually, um, one of the main singers was the next door neighbor to my high school choir teacher. They were from Washington State. They were called the Trench Coats. Because of what happened at Columbine, the men, the, the young men in high school, they had trench coats when they went into the school. So the, the group completely changed their name because they didn't want to be associated with what had happened. So now they go by, I don't know if they still perform today, but they go by the coats. So if you look them up online, any history of them, <clears throat> you probably won't see the trench coat name anymore because they didn't want to be associated, obviously, with murdering other human beings. The father of the daughter that was murdered was, was imploring us all to forgive those that have wronged us, to not hold on to the anger, to not go and, and be angry towards someone else because you were hurt from someone else, he really encouraged us about the power of forgiveness. True forgiveness is when you want nothing but good for the other person. And he said true forgiveness for him is praying for the souls of the men that had murdered his daughter. Praying for their families to have peace and resolution because you can't imagine what the mother of these boys, the mothers, I don't think, I can't remember if they were related or not. I think they were friends, but the, the mothers can't imagine what they, the, the judgment that they would receive in our society. They didn't do it, right? He said, we need to forgive everyone that has wronged us that's what he believed in his heart and that's also what I believe in my heart there is so much freedom when we choose to forgive I can't remember which verse um, in the New Testament that um, Jesus was speaking to one of his disciples I believe asked him how many times should we forgive and he said 70 times 7 basically that was just I believe an arbitrary number to encourage us to always offer the space for forgiveness to someone if someone desires to be forgiven. And even if they don't, you can still choose to forgive them and love them from a distance so that you're not holding on to that anger. There's a family member that I have forgiven for completely negatively impacting my opportunity to uh, buy a home, completely negatively impacting my 
uh, trajectory where I was forced to be stuck in another state during the pandemic because they made it unsafe for me to live in the household emotionally and uh, just about got physically violent with me. Um, I have chosen to forgive them because it doesn't make sense for me to hold on to any anger towards them. I had to completely get a new address, completely get a new job, had to let go of the plans of buying a home because my income completely got negatively impacted, didn't have the same job anymore and was in a new space, um, Everything happens for a reason. And had I not gotten stuck in that state, I never would have met my husband. That was my hero of 2020. Everything happens for a reason. Forgive people. Forgive them often. And let them know that you forgive them and love them, encourage them. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I was listening to a sermon not too long ago on YouTube from... This gal, Patricia, I believe her last name is Schreier, just started hearing her messages on there, and however the AI stuff works. And she said, age is just a number. It really is, because you could be really old and only 20 years old because you die at age 30. You could be really young and be 50 years old and die at age 100. None of us knows our death date. So why don't we live our lives fully with full forgiveness of others, with full kindness and compassion and joy every day and live as if we are not going to be here tomorrow. If we all did that, imagine how great the world would be, how much at peace the world would be. There's a lot of wars going on around the world, a lot of misconstrued misconceptions. When I was being protected in 2020, I don't know who all was protecting me because I only met my husband. But even with him, there was misunderstandings because he was just getting to know me. And he misunderstood something one day. And the whole team was upset at me over something that he misunderstood. So I just decided to not talk that whole day. And he got really worried and the whole team was worried. They were like, are you okay? They were checking in on him. Hey, how is she doing? She's not talking. I finally, after a whole day of not speaking, I said, you guys were bullying me. All of you were attacking me over a misunderstanding that he misunderstood. All of this could have been prevented if you would have actually listened and understood what I was saying and the meaning of what I was saying and assumed the best in me instead of assuming the worst. My mind, my brain goes for the good. I look for the good in others because that's the training I had to become a teacher. They trained us in positive education because if you look for the good, you point out the good, it brings out more good out of the other students. And it's a positive reinforcement where the kids that are doing bad things, they stop doing the bad because they want the attention. They want to do good because they see you giving praise to the other kids that are doing good in the class. It doesn't always work for everybody. Some people you got to give a little tough love to, but that's how my brain operates for the majority of things. I assume the best in others. I've had to unlearn some of that through my husband's training because there is a lot of darkness in the world, and so I respect other 
perspectives. I respect our military. I respect um, those that think differently than me because it keeps life interesting. It keeps me on my toes. Um, I definitely know I don't know it all. Um, None of us do. And the more we learn, the more educated we get, the more we learn that we realize we don't know. Um, That's the beauty of having an understanding of respect of yourself and also desiring to not stay the same every day, right? I hope to grow every day. I hope to be a better human being tomorrow than I was today. And that requires work. That requires... Um, humbling myself if I've made a mistake and ask for forgiveness of someone if I've wronged them. Um, That means forgiving someone if they've made a mistake and, you know, shake hands, hug it out, fist bump, whatever it is, and then move forward and don't speak about it again because it's in the past. The power of forgiveness is freeing and can bring nations together. A business, an organization, a family, a country, a world is only as good as its leaders are. And if leaders are too busy trying to be right instead of trying to do what is right, the rest of us suffer. And it doesn't have to be that way. Great leaders do the right thing all the time. And if they don't know what the right thing is because they're getting mixed information, they seek counsel, they get down on their knees, they pray to the Creator above or whatever their faith system is, they ask for wisdom and guidance before moving. I was listening to him. A video from Oprah Winfrey a couple weeks ago. And she said, you don't have to have all of the steps in order to move. All you have to know is the next right step. And if you have not been given that next right step in your quiet time, then don't feel like you just have to move just because. Take a pause. Take a slow season. And just be. The power of forgiveness is an incredibly valuable skill. And the more opportunities you have to practice it, the better you will get at it. I've got a long ways to go, but I will say that I am better than some at forgiving others. I've got a long ways to go, and I'm not good as some other people are because I haven't had to deal with the level of stress and strain that they have. Uh, one of my coworkers' brothers grew up in a, one, of the, one of the roughest cities in the nation for people of color, for young 20s men of color specifically. It is the highest murder capita, I believe, in the nation. He was shot 47 times, survived. He's still alive. 
when she told me that. I was like, holy crap, your sibling is a walking miracle. She said, yeah, they still haven't gotten all of the bullets out. Wow. His mother. I imagine has a hard time forgiving the people that shot her son. I've never had to go through that. I've never had to forgive someone for shooting my family member. Thank goodness. I imagine there's a lot of righteous anger over the wrong, and even for my coworker, right? Over her brother being, her, um, yeah, her brother being shot. I had asked, what do you think the meaning of this is for you and for your family? And she said, I'm still in the thick of it. But I know for sure that my brother needs to get out of the lifestyle that he has been in. And I thought that that was really brave of her to say such an honest answer. Um, I imagine that he's in some sort of gang, just from the way she phrased it. And it's going to be challenging for their family to forgive these people and not retaliate, right? Because that's, how could you forgive someone that shot your family member 47 times? But if they shoot back, then they get arrested if they get caught. And then that gang shoots them back. And then their gang shoots them back. And then it's just more violence. The strongest people, the wisest people, the smartest people are the ones that stop the cycle of violence. Stand up for what is right. And choose to love and forgive. You might be going through something right now. Extremely challenging. And you're feeling on your heart that the creator or whatever your deity is that you believe in, is encouraging you to forgive those that have wronged you. Maybe you're struggling with that on how to do it. I encourage you to get down on your knees and ask for help. I don't know how to forgive these people, but I desire to. Please help me to release this anger from my heart. Please help me to release this frustration from my spirit. And help me... To love these people as you love me and forgive these people as you forgive me. And it might take a while, but I imagine if you start with just something as simple like that, you'll begin to start to sense the freedom of forgiveness within your being. Thank you very much for listening to this episode today. Hope that it added value to you. We hope that you're able to use this information and maybe share it with someone that you care about, that you know has gone through something extremely challenging that is maybe angry right now and you're wanting to help them to relieve some of their stress and anger. I encourage you to share this episode with people that you care most about. And if you're doing the social media thing and you want to share it on social, feel free. Um, we are not posting on social until the creator has given us permission 
to move forward in life when the Judas in my circle that took the payment on the hit of my life corrects the wrong and asks my family for forgiveness. Um, I have forgiven this person, but I listened to the creator and they told me to not post anymore. So I'm not going to post other than just sharing these podcast episodes whenever the creator encourages me to do so. And we do have a listening room competition that we may or may not uh, start again. Uh, if the creator desires for us to do that, um, once we get 10,000 downloads, that'll be the first invite for a private concert experience for those that have been regularly sharing the show and spreading the brand and, and taking good positive action in your community to spread more love and light, to encourage people to, to find happiness from within. You can check our downloads at any time going to our uh, podcast platform website that's themovehappy.podbean.com t-h-e-m-o-v-e-h-a-p-p-y dot p-o-d-b-e-a-n dot com love you guys so much don't forget to tell someone you love them today (laughs) and we'll see you next time